0: The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Rack and Alex Wood.
1: Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is your newscast for episode 225 for the week of September what 20th, right? Sure, sounds right. Uh, at 2021, the September month is, is gone. Hey, this week, Alex... My goodness, fall starts this week.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, the summer just disappeared. I, I feel like there was not much of a summer this year. I don't know why, but it just it went really fast.
1: Yeah, I... I agree. I mean, obviously, I, I, I did a lot of traveling this summer and came back, and it's fall, and right. that's, that's been interesting. Uh, but anyway, it's, I think it's it's the 22nd or 23rd that it officially becomes, becomes fall, so uh, it's not too early to go look at leaves changing, which some of us have done, and it's a homecoming season in the, in the is, world, right?
0: It is, which others of us have done. It's always great to have tons of uh, high school kids hanging out at your house.
1: Good times. Good times. I guess it's good that it's at your house versus somewhere else, so... You, you That's can, true. You can be the one who's liable for whatever bad things happen. <laughs> uh, speaking of liability, we have a Slack channel where we've got uh, over 2,000 community members who are who are out there uh, saying all kinds of fun things. And uh, if you want to join that Slack channel and get to know the local security community, you can go out to colorado-security.com and click the Slack button.
0: We also have a mailing list while you're on the website. Please sign up for that. You'll get an email every week with the show notes. We'd also love it if you uh, went to your favorite podcaster and, Subscribe so that you got the uh, the podcast automatically downloaded every week, and then while you're there, rate up, rate us, and let everybody know how great uh, Colorado Equal Security is.
1: And while you're letting us tell you how to live your life, uh, next thing you should do is tell a friend about how good the podcast is, and, and after that, sign up to give us money every month through yes. our Patreon campaign.
0: Yeah, we're going to tell you how to manage your finances too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and while you're at it, we'll give you a new diet regimen and send me a note. I'll help you out.
0: Ooh, man! If if we give people a new diet regimen, people are in trouble. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, let's jump in and let's talk about some news, Rob. Hey, uh, some interesting news at, at, uh, Red Rocks this week, Amazon has partnered with access, which is a, uh, ticket provider to install Amazon one palm readers at entertainment venues.
1: So basically this is uh if, if you, anyone has done the, uh, a clear process at airports to get through security, this is Amazon's version, but rather than using, um, uh, what, what do they use at Clear? It's fingerprints, right?
0: They use fingerprints and yeah. they use uh, retina, retina eye scans.
1: This one instead of using those is using a palm reader. Yeah. So you you hover your palm over this, the the uh, screen. It, it sees who you are, and and we'll use that to get your ticket, like, do your ticket to get into the the facility. When, whenever this goes live, I actually don't know when it goes live.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's actually pretty shortly here. Um, and similar, if uh, if you've done Clear, you know you go and you do a registration process and. Link it with your access account and things like that, and then, uh, then when you next time or shortly thereafter, when you go to go in, you just go to the special lane that has those things and just hover your palm over and, and walk right in. The
1: uh, this is interesting to me. You know, this is an expansion of what Amazon has done for allowing payment at the Amazon stores, right? Where, where you can. Uh, use your palm. Actually, I think it's when you walk in the store, you can do it. And then you can just take stuff and walk out of the store, which is right. Mind-blowing. It, to it me. is
0: weird, but, but true. Um,
1: but it's an, ex- it's an extension of what they're doing there. It's it's weird to me to, to like, is this good or bad? How, is it risky? Is it not risky? You know, that some folks on, on the Slack channel, were talking about the, the concern about if someone steals your biometrics. And I, I, I don't personally believe that that if it's done well, that's not a real risk. Like you're, what you're, palm print looks like is not supposed to be a secret it's the combination of your palm print with the liveness detection that shouldn't be um shouldn't someone shouldn't be able to counterfeit that's that's the whole idea of the technology but it's still a little scary right
0: yeah i mean the other part with um you know amazon hasn't had the greatest record with privacy so you know if you are providing uh your information to them then uh, you, uh, there is the risk that they could do something with it that you're not thinking that they will do with it. So uh, who knows? But yeah. it, it's also cool. I mean, it's pandemic friendly, right? So you're you're going in, you're not having to touch anything or uh, uh, come in contact with people as you go into the venue, except for all the people that are going to be there with a concert with you. But you know,
1: I think that as most technologies develop, I, I very seldom have been like, hey, that's part of the future that just happened. Like this seems like part of the future that just happened. Yeah. Like, having having your, your body recognized relatively easily to, to get you authenticated or authorized for things is kind of weird. And and it's interesting to see it happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, going back to the clear example, I mean, I use clear as long as it's available at whatever airport I'm at. Yeah. Super easy. I love it. The lines are always shorter. The lines are always shorter. And so if that's the case for something like this, uh, it seems like overall a win to me. All right. Jumping into
1: our next story, uh, we have some some acquisition news. Uh, one of our big local healthcare companies, SCL Health, has agreed to merge with Utah's Intermountain Health. Um, this is a pretty big merger, and, and I'd say in some ways kind of a, a loss for the Colorado community as the headquarters will be moving to Utah.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting announcement there. Uh, these are two, sounds like fairly similar health systems, but that they don't overlap in physical footprint. So from a merger perspective, um, I suppose it makes sense to make a, you know, a larger organization that can theoretically be, um, you know, more cost-effective and provide better care.
1: Yeah. Uh, the difference between the systems, you know, they're similar in some ways, but they're very different in others that, you know, SEL Health is a Catholic, a faith organization and Intermountain Health is not. So having a faith, um, a, a faith-focused healthcare organization owned by a secular one is, Interesting. And, and, you know, I wonder what kind of challenges that will have with those Catholic hospitals, which, you know, they have some, some, whether you like it or not, they believe in certain things. And as a result, don't offer some kinds of service. Right. And, and I, I wonder how that works in a bigger, in a yeah. bigger system.
0: I mean, they did mention in the article that the, the hospitals that are face faith-based will still uh, continue to be faith-based in the new organization. Also uh, the new organization will keep the inner mountain name as opposed to the S C L name. Uh, SEL is a a much newer and I think less recognized brand. So Intermountain has been around for an an awfully long time, according to the article. So they're going to keep that. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a good thing for the folks that that work for SEL, even though the headquarters won't be here.
1: It occurs to me that it actually might be more convenient to have both the faith-based and non in the same system as if there's something you're trying to have accomplished medically that one place won't do. Uh, maybe you right. can go to another one and still be in system and still have you Could know, be. your healthcare. I don't, I don't know. Anyway,
0: maybe it's a good thing. Uh, moving on to a not so good thing. Uh, in fact, a outright bad thing. Uh, customer care giant T-Tech, formerly Teletech, has been hit by ransomware, uh, which is no fun at all.
1: Yeah, this is a obviously a, a sad story um, based on a local company where we got friends over there helping run security. Uh, this is Published on Krebs on Security, and, and you know the, the joke among CISOs is always, you know, you don't want to find out about a breach through Krebs. And I don't think that this is how they found out about it, but it is a bummer to see their, you know, their their uh, incident on the front of this website. Um, Krebs goes into detail about some internal communications that were sent out. Uh, basically, the summary though is the you, there was some kind of ransomware that stopped some subset of T Tech call center folks from having access to systems. Um, so they're able to do call center support for, you know, some of their large enterprise customers. Um, I, I don't know if this is now resolved. This is, you know, a few days old, but it's clearly a, a big thing that's being worked on. And um, uh, obviously having ransomware across one of the biggest companies in Colorado is is a, a, a cruddy week. And, you know, we're we're feeling for those guys over there who are working on this incident.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, good luck to those guys over there. Hopefully it gets resolved quickly and um, as uh, pain as less least painful as possible. Right. So, All right, I think up next, next, uh, we have a couple of stories this week,
1: uh, very similar stories um, from different tech companies. Two different tech companies have raised over $150 million in the last week, giving them a unicorn valuation. Starting Mm -hmm. off with this first one, um, is it Matillion? Uh, It's as good a pronunciation as I got. I didn't know Matillion. Uh, I think we've talked about them on the show once, but I don't really know them. And I remember as I was prepping for this and trying to understand what they do that I don't really understand what they do and I didn't before either. <laughs> uh, they're they're definitely a, a data an enterprise data platform where you're going to get insights from your data. They're going to help pull stuff out of logs and other systems and help you make business decisions based on that. Like, that's the vague understanding I have of what they do.
0: Yeah, the uh the thing that stuck out to me in terms of what they do is at, w- at one point in the story they they call themselves a low code ETL platform. So ETL being being extract, transform, load. So you're taking yeah. data from one place, putting it somewhere else. You know, munging it in between, and the low code part being theoretically, you know, any schmo could do it as opposed to having to have you know extraordinary technical skills to make the the connections between them.
1: So, so is calling yourself a low code ETL platform in the data world kind of the same as calling yourself an AI cyber platform in the security <laughs> world? Is that <laughs>
0: it, it could be, it, it could be, or you know. Um, you know, you have magical APIs or, you know, something like that. But uh, yeah, in any case, uh, congratulations to them. They raised, uh, what did we say, $150 million. Um, yeah, bringing their valuation up to $1.5 billion. It's actually the second raise of this year. And so that's about a little over $300 million total that they've raised this year.
1: Yeah, a couple interesting stats. They have about 350 employees. Uh, they are dual headquartered in Denver and in London. Um, about 50 of those employees are here in Denver. Uh, they're looking to grow up to 400 this year. Um, and they're going to be using the, the new raise to, to help get better insights. But basically they don't, they don't say a lot about what it's used for other than we're going to get even better at what we already do. Right.
0: Uh, speaking of money, JumpCloud announced that they raised 159 million, uh, on the strength of Apple enterprise adoption. So we've talked about JumpCloud a number of times uh, on the show. They are you know, an enterprise or sorry, a, a small medium business um, uh, identity store and other things, you know, sort of a, uh, a you know, cloud based version of Active Directory or, you know, whatever you want to look at. And uh, yeah, so they've, this is a series F for them. And uh, they're they're moving right along. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. But I think that the
1: the reason that the headline said based on Apple adoption is because the, the source for our story is like an, is Apple nine to five. Could be. So when I, when I click to other places to find coverage of this, it doesn't specifically talk about Apple adoption. I uh, got it. Um, Anyway, they they are you know they're a nine year old company, so they're not brand new. But it looks to me like, and I'd, I'd love to actually get to sit down with their CEO or one of their leaders to understand. It looks to me like they've maybe pivoted somewhere in the last several years to be focused more on this IDAS space, uh, and and it's worked very well for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. They also mentioned that, uh, and I think we've covered it before. You know, their new multi factor authentication uh, piece that they have added, which. Obviously, if you're an identity provider, you want to have that uh, as a component to your solution.
1: Yeah. Alex, when you read this, did you think, um, man, this seems an awful lot like, oh, I'm having a total brain fart, the company that, that sold to SailPoint a while back that you helped advise with? Um,
0: oh, um, uh, yes. And now you're going to put me on the spot. I'm, <laughs> and I'm not going to remember it either. Uh, sorry, Cam. Um <laughs> Uh, Overwatch ID, <laughs> does
1: it, but like the the suite of things that JumpCloud's doing it looks very similar to what Overwatch ID. Yeah, I mean, done.
0: I think a little bit. Um, you know, they were for, focused a little bit more on the privilege side as opposed to just the identity directory. So, so cloud does do. Yeah, I mean, not, not that they don't okay, okay. do it, but, but it like was, where the focus was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, interesting to know. I I, I kind of wonder why is Colorado spitting up these, you know, this kind of genre of stuff. Uh, maybe it's related to ping being here, or
0: maybe it's just, could be just, we're good luck. Well, I think, um, you know, we, we could talk to, uh, David Campbell about that one too. Cause he, I think he was one of the guys at the beginning when they decided to create the company. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Know. All right. Uh, I don't, I think it's me. Um, so next
1: we have a, a story that came out this last week. This is an interesting one, right? This is probably the most interesting story of the week. Yeah. So technology review is where we got this source from, but it's, uh, the headline is this U S company sold iPhone hacking tools to UAE spies. Um, and this, you know, kind of to, to you know, not, not bury the lead, this U S company is, is Accuvant.
0: Right. Yeah. So if Rob, if I came to you and said, name me a leading provider of exploit research and sales, um, from, I don't know, from 10 years ago, I guess because whether that's when this really yeah. happened, um, who would you say?
1: Yeah, I, I think that I would have gone through every company I could think of before I would have said Acuvant.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, me I, too.
1: Um, so th- definitely an interesting story. It it feels like obviously we we're going to throw the words allegedly and you know as, you know and re- we're referencing an article. We have no idea about any of these details, right? Um, but the the article is talking about this uh, the these the, the Acuvant at the time back in the two thousand was it two thousand eleven two thousand twelve time frame. They were doing um, research on exploits for iPhones and, and apparently, you know, according to the article, they, they'd sold some of those to, to individuals who were helping support UAE spies to, and, and those things were used to, to help get to, to some dissidents.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. So again, this is very strange to me because one, I didn't know Acuvant did this stuff at all, let alone that someone would call them a leader. Um, or that's that what they specialized or, or in. that's what they specialized in, but they specialized in selling Palo Alto. Right. Well, or, or back at that time they would have specialized in selling, you know, semantec S- yeah. antivirus or, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, so dark matter, which was sort of this front company that these, uh, the three former intelligence folks had started, which was really just a, a front for the, the UAE government to to spy on people. Um, yeah, they had bought this from Acuvant, and so yeah, I, I would have never said that in a million years. Um, I know that Acuvant did have a, a division, a a piece called Acuvant Labs, which I, is I think where this came out of, um, and I'm sure they had really smart people there. Um, but I, I thought you know more like a, you know just a st- sort of standard pen testing or other you know kind of research kind of group like that. Uh, anyway, I, I guess if there are still folks that are around uh, in the community that were. Uh, former acuvant or, or knew about this stuff and, and have any more details, I'd love to hear about it because th- this is such a weird article to me.
1: And, and just to be clear, even if it's true that they had a, a, a section that was creating these exploits and that they sold it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they did anything wrong here, right? Right. Like, and I, I feel like the article is written in such a way that one might think, well, we've caught them doing something bad. Right. And, and you know, who did they sell to? How did that get from the person they sold to to, to doing bad things? It, it That's... That's totally unknowable for us right now. Right. But, but it's an interesting story and it's so surprising to us because we did not think Akivon right. would be the one finger here.
0: Well, the other thing is, I think in sort of in the layman's view, you know, they're talking about them selling this to someone like they're selling a, like a military weapon, right? It's like, hey, they, they researched and found this military weapon and then they sold it to some other company that was doing work for, uh, for UAE. Um, and I think, you know, we know if you do a, a vulnerability research yeah i mean it's probably not super glamorous and you know someone may have just stumbled upon something oh hey it's you know something we can do an exploit for for ios and um then uh, somebody else but might have just asked them and hey oh yeah sure we'll we'll share this with you it sounds like they've shared it with other people as well and who knows maybe they even shared it with apple i, I don't yeah. know but um it, it's not as as sort of glamorous i guess in my mind as the the article makes it seem where they're you know, some cyber ninjas that are de- yeah. developing these, these crazy exploits to do all this bad stuff. Yeah. And Anyway,
1: interesting stuff. And uh, uh, like I said, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know what actually happened there. All right. Next, we have a blog or excuse me, not a blog post. We have a, a press release coming from uh, uh, Ping Identity announcing the hire of their new chief information security officer, Jason
0: Keys. Wait, uh, Ping Identity didn't have a CISO? What's going on, Rob?
1: Uh, Ping Identity has been CISO list for a few months uh, as they sought out the perfect person to replace the uh, the previous CISO there. And Jason is coming to to Ping from uh, from Groupon, where he he was there man like a decade. Uh, he he gave Groupon a, a lot of a lot of years running security. He also helped them run IT and some of their engineering functions over there.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, Jason looks like he has a, a great deal of experience. And congratulations to him. Sounds like uh, Ping finally has somebody good in that position. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, Rob, I guess, Rob, do you know, is he moving to Colorado?
1: He's not. He's uh he's remote. We will not have a CISO for Ping in Colorado. But uh, I th- I'd say that with the pandemic, uh, they've, Ping's had some other recent hires of leaders where they're just finding the best people wherever they can. Uh, and Jason's in Seattle, actually.
0: Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, We have a blog post from Lumen's Black Lotus Labs talking about uh, uncovering uh, Linux executables deployed as uh, Windows stealthy
1: loaders. Yeah, they did a good job kind of setting the history here back in 2016. I remember this when Windows announced their, uh, what do they call it? Windows subsystem for Linux. So you could run Linux on your Windows operating system. And now five years later, they're like, hey, we're seeing exploits where people are creating They're they're using Linux vulnerabilities to impact your Windows operating system because who would look for that? Right. right? So they're they're finally seeing some evidence that folks are looking to abuse this.
0: Yeah. And according to Black Lotus Labs, uh, people, and when I say people, I mean security tools, are not seeing this. So uh, they saw indications of weird things going on and uh, found these executables. And, yeah, uh, the security tools that were there were not detecting this because it's weird to know what would expect to do it
1: yeah so really good research by blacklist labs and and I think Mike Benjamin shared this with us or uh, I know his team's part of this so or his team his, his team is blacklist right labs. so good work by by that team and excited to to see what follows on hopefully uh, we have detections in place and preventions in place for all of the major platforms before anyone bad uses this at scale
0: yeah I will also say that for the specific ones that they saw uh, you know, Lumen had added the uh, command and control infrastructure to their blacklist. So if you're protected by their network defenses, then you should be safe already anyway. Good stuff.
1: All right. Uh, last security news for the week. We have a blog post from Red Canary around Microsoft Identity, an introduction to Windows Active Directory.
0: Yeah. So uh, this was an interesting blog post uh, talking about, I think many of us know what Active Directory is and how it works. But uh, this is really looking into the ways that it can be attacked, and specifically miter attack techniques that are used against Windows Active Directory.
1: Yeah, so they call out four particular miter techniques, um, steal or forge a Kerberos ticket, modified authentication processes, domain controller authentication, that's one thing, um, rogue domain controller, and operating system credential dumping, DC sync.
0: Yeah. So, uh, pretty cool stuff. And then they go into you know how it is that you could detect detect these things happening, as well as some things that you can do to help prevent them. And then the very last little bit is a sales pitch because Red Canary
1: is now doing some integration with Microsoft Defender for Identity and Azure Defender. So if uh, if one wanted some Red Canary coverage on these, now they offer it.
0: Sweet. All right, that is our news. Rob, why don't we move over to events?
1: Yep. We have a calendar of events on the website. So if you're if you're thinking, you know, I don't like to listen to them talk about events. I just want to read <laughs> about them. We got you covered. Sweet. Uh, you can go out to the calendar of events and see what's coming over the next several months.
0: First up on September 20th, CSA Colorado is doing their September meeting, protecting ephemeral workloads. On the 21st, OWASP Denver and Boulder
1: is doing a, a joint meeting called Cover Your Assets. On the 22nd, ISC Squared Pikes Peak is doing a September hybrid meeting. On the 23rd, we have two events. ASIS, the physical security group here in town, is doing their meeting called the the Complexity Paradox. Oh. And SecureSet is doing a virtual event, Introduction to
0: Machine Learning for Cybersecurity. On the 24th, DC303, which I don't know if they've had a meeting in a while, uh, is doing Using Emacs for Software Development.
1: On the 28th, SecureSet is doing an introduction to social engineering,
0: and then finally on September 30th, uh, in conjunction with ISSA Denver, Dish is doing a job fair. So, if pretty you, good stuff if you want to work with, at Dish. I think there's some other companies that are involved in that as well.
1: Yeah, I think Dish is just like the headliner. Yeah, the, I'm not sure who the opening <laughs> bands are, but there's others. <laughs>
0: All right, let's jump over to jobs. Speaking
1: of jobs, we got jobs. Um, at Ping, we are looking, oh my goodness. I just, backed, I just backed up six months at Red Canary. <laughs> we're, we're looking to hire some folks. I'm looking to hire a director of corporate security and I'm looking to hire multiple product security engineers. And we are also hiring an IT support manager. You'll have to reach out to me for your IT support manager role as it's not open to just random posting because we got too many applicants.
0: You'll, you'll need to open a ticket with Rob to get your IT support uh, work done. Uh all right, uh Oxtrobot is looking for a CISO.
1: Do you know Oxtrobot?
0: I don't. I I read that they're looks like they're based in Boulder. Yeah, up north. Um but uh yeah, I hadn't I was not familiar with them before this. Interesting stuff. G um GX,
1: <laughs> G-H-X, Health, that's global healthcare exchange, is hiring a VP of global cybersecurity. Contentful is looking for a director of IT security. Poly, which is formerly known as Polycom, is hiring a senior manager of enterprise security. Grayble is looking for a privacy risk and compliance manager.
0: Alterix is hiring a senior analyst of cybersecurity operations, and Gates Corporation is looking for a senior security analyst.
1: That gets us to the end of the news. Um, we don't, we did not have an interview this week because you and I are both slackers. Yes, and so folks have a little bit of free time to to turn just turn off the podcast and enjoy your drive.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, just enjoy the scenery. It's a beautiful time of year. Look for leaves changing good stuff all right we'll look forward to talking to you guys again next week thanks rob learn more about the colorado security scene at colorado-security.com where you can see information about local security groups a calendar of upcoming security events and learn more about colorado equals security reach out to alex and rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com until next time remember colorado equals security